0: Everybody's home. You want to know who Fred Krueger was? He was a filthy child murderer who killed at least 20 kids in the neighborhood.
1: He wears a dirty brown hat. He's horribly
2: burned. He has razors on his right hand.
1: The bastard son of a hundred
2: us
0: They burned him to death in his boiler room. And they hid the remains. But he can't get you
1: now. He's dead, honey, because
2: mommy killed him.
1: When I was alive, I might have been a little body. But after they killed me, I became something much, much worse.
0: <laughs> this is Now Playing's A Nightmare in Elm Street Retrospective Series. Welcome to Freddy 101. Hosted by Arnie, Stewart, and Brock. Twisted, lonely souls. The worst of the criminally insane... We got special work to do here, you and me. We will be reviewing all Freddy's films from Wes Craven's original through 2010's hotly anticipated remake. Who is that son of a human? But beware. These discussions will be spoiler-filled and may contain harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. time gets. You can find new episodes of this series released every week at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Today we're talking about *A Nightmare on Elm Street 5: The Dream Child*, starring Robert Englund, Lisa Wilcox, My Girl, Kelly Joe Minter, Erica Anderson, and directed by Stephen Hopkins. This is Brock, co-host of *Now Playing*. Stuart, I'm in LA. This is Arnie, and. I really wish instead of
2: killing the kids on screen, Freddie had gone after Hopkins because this director really <laughs> deserves it. He has gone on to make his movie right after this. Oh, one of my all time favorites, Predator 2. I think we're going to get to that one, right? Yeah, we, we will we, get to that Yeah, one. we'll be talking about that in a couple of months. And he perhaps is most famous for being the man who took out Titanic when his opus Lost in Space hit theaters. Oh, boy. This director really, ugh. <laughs> And this is his second feature. So he started here. He also did Judgment Night with Emilio Estevez.
0: And don't forget The Reaping, that fantastic Hilary Swank movie. Oh, wow. So this guy's
2: really full of shit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: the unceasing
1: crap so let's talk about his second turd
0: i see where this is going yeah
1: I, and this is coming from the freddy fan all but right oh my lord how okay. about a plot summary arnie or, or should we just dance around
2: the toilet stool what we have is lisa wilcox my facebook friend has returned to the role of alice
0: pray for me that freddy doesn't she's come back she's gonna defriend you after this review
2: <laughs> and she and dan have stayed together she's gone blonde now and They are graduating from high school. Much like Kristen in part four, they have a new group of friends who is Mark, the comic book guy, Greta, the supermodel, and Yvonne, the swimmer. But Freddy is back. Alice has been keeping him at bay. But through Alice's zygote, Freddy is impregnating their dreams. And so (laughs) Freddy can now... Kill again through Jacob, who will in nine months be Alice's and Dan's son. However, in having to be resurrected and bypass Alice's dream master gate, he had to bring his mother to it. So Amanda Krueger's back. And it all ends with Freddy feeding souls of Alice's friends to Alice's fetus. And yeah. So that's why it's called The Dream Child is because, as the trailer said, do unborn babies dream? Yes, they do most of the time. And so Freddy can get in through Alice's son's nightmares.
0: Now, I didn't watch the trailer before I saw this movie, so I had no idea why it was called The Dream Child. And as I'm watching this movie and it dawns on me, oh, wait a second. I think they're going to go with the babies having the dreams and that's how it's getting in. I think they're going to go there. Aren't they going to go there? They're going to go there. Okay. They went there. The funny thing about it to me was when I was having, when my my wife and I had our baby, we were told that babies dream all the time. So it is actually a true thing. Yet to use it as a plot device in this movie it didn't feel right it felt weird it felt it felt like they made it up but they didn't it's actually based in scientific fact oh so they say i mean i'm not really sure if they actually know because i thought it was going to be the the age-old plot of freddie wants to possess the baby so he can come back and live again absolutely
1: i mean how could they not be going that route i thought you know the obvious template here was was rosemary's baby which is a late 60s woman's paranoia of film, you know, this, there's, there's a whole history of horror movies about women who, for whatever reasons, become aware of a nefarious plot or something evil, and no one will believe them because they're just a woman. You can go back to Hitchcock and suspicion, gaslight, Rosemary's baby, um, the, Omen. Yeah, the Omen, Yes. It's, it's a classic storyline. And honestly, it's more in the keeping of the kind of movie I like. I think I've said in other podcasts, Not a huge slasher movie fan. I'm more a traditionalist with horror stories. And so in many ways... I was looking forward to this one because it was moving away from the idea of a slasher movie and more to a straightforward Antichrist story, right? Freddy's like the Antichrist and he's about to be reborn in this
2: world. It isn't what they do. I want to just talk about this concept of the baby as the gateway to new slaughter dreams because this movie never worked for me. And I didn't know why this didn't really click with me when I was listening to the director's commentary and stuff. What they said was having pregnancy be a storyline was a huge misstep, and nobody clicked with that, because their target is older teens and a pregnancy storyline for older teens is either too close to home because you're the pregnant one, or it's so far away from home that you're not even thinking about having kids to your 40 that nobody could really relate to this. Hmm.
1: I've kind of liked nightmare because they do take on those issues. I mean, we've gone going over in the past, they've taken on some fairly heady stuff as subtext. I mean, part two dealt with latent homosexuality. The third one was about teen suicide So why not? I say invite teen pregnancy and, you know, to a lesser extent, abortion rights into the mix. I think that that gives it its edge. I mean, Friday the 13th would never dare to do it. But the, the thing I'm neglecting to mention is they never do it that well. And so, Stuart,
0: you're saying this is like the sitcom, the very special episode of those sitcoms where they deal with these issues that kids <laughs> have to deal with? So, <laughs> the, the next one's going to be drug abuse for Freddie. Uh, Freddie well,
1: they did pack? drug abuse in Part 3 as well. I mean, <laughs> they do take on the issues. I agree. It does feel a little facts of life. Does that make Freddie Mrs. <laughs> Garrett,
2: I don't know. But, they have about uh, the same complexion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ouch! Oh, uncalled for. Oh my! Oh man. Somewhere Charlotte Ray
1: is fuming and throwing down throwing out her laptop out the window. And she says, I'm, I'm turning
0: this podcast off now. I can't believe them. <laughs> It starts
1: really weird. I mean, normally we get yes. editing montages of arts and crafts, children putting things together. And when you pull back and see the whole screen, it's, uh, you know, Freddie in some kind of arts and crafts fair. Well, here we get the art of making love. It feels very <laughs> skinamax, doesn't it? Like in the ends and shower. It's. All of it just feels like late night cable.
2: I don't know. I've never seen late night cable have like that blue light. This felt more artistic because several times I'm watching this movie. If I don't remember the opening is Dan and Alice doing the nasty. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at because it's like these close ups of
0: like shoulder blades and weirdness. I was watching this thing and I couldn't tell what body parts I was looking at sometimes because there was just really weird angles and things.
2: (laughs) Every new shot. I'm like, is that a butt? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: I it- swear there were parts where I thought I knew what body part I was looking at, and then I, like, freaked out because, like, where's the nipple? Where is the thing? What is anatomically going on here? And then I'm like, well, maybe they're rubbing dolls. And I'm like, no, they, they will not film an opening scene in which someone is making love to an inflatable. That is just – that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't freddie and the real girl here but you know what i was willing to go with it because i thought all right nightmare on elm street hasn't really explored sexuality and it did so in part two as repression so here we are we're going to get an overt sexy freddie movie I, I, it seems incongruous but i'm
2: intrigued and yet was it sexy no it wasn't <laughs> I don't think so
0: then we get to see alice's body double in a shower Well, it's a very psycho, I mean, come on, psycho. The drain shot, everything, the way to turn the shower on. So I thought, okay, all right. Maybe that's okay. And then, of course, what I liked the best about it was it took it to another place when the whole thing fills up with water like a tank. And I kind of like that.
2: What gross water? I'm sorry. If, if some nasty garbage disposal shit pops out of my drain, I'm getting yeah. out of that shower. I am not out stepping in it. I am not going <laughs> to touch it. My first goal is not to reach down in the drain to find out the origin of said repugnant shit. <laughs>
0: well i mean if it gets to the point where it's going up near your ankles yeah get out it's not a hair clog lady get out of there
2: it's so. a weird
1: moment because i'm quite sure that freddie is going to pop out of the drain right that's got to be right. what's happening we're about to see freddie transform into something make maybe make a mr clean joke but he's going <laughs> to come right no she ends up smashing through the glass of the shower stall and ending up in a habit In the insane asylum, and we're back into the plot they established in part three about Freddie's mother, Amanda, and how she was raped repeatedly by criminally insane guys. It was interesting to bring back to that storyline. I like anything they do to bring me back to part three, because I think it's the high watermark of the series. It wasn't a bad way to start, but it certainly is...
0: A lot of weird expectations set up and then not met. They also had Robert England right there in a couple of obvious shots and then the, in the last scare for it. Were we supposed to think that he was actually Freddy at that point or just an inmate?
2: Freddy's daddy. Yeah, I think he had the fastest spell.
0: I see. I see. I didn't catch that. It's supposed to be Freddy's daddy.
2: The family resemblance is remarkable.
0: It's, yeah. it's impeccable.
2: And, you know, Stuart, you <laughs> called this movie sexy, but my God, for a movie that opens with a sex scene, we then go straight to a gang rape. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And that's Good the point. trouble
1: more than the baby thing. I mean, you guys say that pregnancy isn't relatable to teen and slasher, and that may be. But I think when you introduce things like rape, it hopefully really kills the fun of a premise. You know, the idea <laughs> that Freddy is this jokester is, is is omnipresent when you come into A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. You think of what's he going to pop up? What's he going to say? How is he going to make me laugh? And if one of the first images you're confronting is a gang rape of a nun you're not ready to laugh anymore. You're really unsettled. And it is an icky moment and one that leads you to wonder what is the tone of this movie going to be? It feels different this time. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
2: Yeah. And so then we go to the requisite Springwood high scene where we're introduced to all of the friends. And I got to think this is the worst group of friends since part one. And, none of these people look teenage. Most of them are close to 30 or mid 20s. If it was a college graduation, I might have gone with it. But seeing these people in the caps and gowns, it it just really pulled me out. I'm like, they are so too old for that.
1: I totally agree with you on that. In fact, it took me a while to realize they were still in high school. I thought it was a college graduation. I mean, the way that they set up even the lovemaking, I thought that Alice had her own place now and that she was her own woman but no in fact she's still living at home with her dad but i guess she
2: moved into Rick's room because that is not the same room she had in the last movie
1: it really isn't and the house yeah it it feels very different there i did like the fact that the dad came back and i like the fact that they sobered him up he was such a jerk and a one-note villain in the last movie and now he's trying he's trying to be supportive he's in program he's trying to honor his daughter that was a nice turn of
2: events. Freddie has seven of these movies, and he doesn't get as good of a character arc as Alice's dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only question that remains is, do you really care about Alice's dad? Not that much, but, no. you know, it is nice to see some development. You say, are the rest of the friends bad? I, it's not that they're bad. I just feel like they don't belong in this movie. They belong in a college party movie. I don't feel like I know what they want or how Freddie would have anything to do with them other than the fact that they're just Alice's friends.
2: You know, you were talking about Alice's dad. Here we get to meet everybody else's parents, too, which is very unusual for a Nightmare on Elm Street (laughs) movie that they actually have parents. But, man, what... Terribly drawn parents. Greta's mother is like straight out of Beetlejuice. And Mark's dad was like a caricature of Rodney Dangerfield, who is himself a caricature.
1: (laughs) And Dan's getting pressure to uh, join a football team or something. I'm like, isn't recruitment over at this point? I don't follow college football, but if you're trying to recruit someone at their high school graduation, they've already made their decision about what they're doing with college.
2: I just want to know why the football recruiter was wearing a tennis racket tie. (laughs) <laughs> <didn't notice> <laughs> regardless the
1: scene goes on too long it, it feels like something else uh, from another movie another era when are we going to get to Freddie? it's all i kept thinking where is Freddie? she's graduating yeah. that day they're going to have a pool to. party that night but she has to go work at
2: the crave Inn again yeah it's still there that nightmare of hers came true and now that she's pregnant she'll never get out of there because you know <laughs> i mean if you look at the statistics for pregnant teens finding work and finishing college, they're pathetic. That should be her fear, not Freddie. The, the ability to get a bachelor's degree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's always
1: Sally Struthers and degrees by the mail. But I, I don't know. I think Freddie's a primary concern. I think I would deal with the burn <laughs> dream monster first before
0: I worried about my degree. So she walks through the park, and they have this beautiful transition, though I thought it was very nice. How it goes from day into night, and how she starts to have the dream. I thought that was pretty good, so it gave me a little bit of hope.
1: I, I'll go with that. In fact, I, I'll even cop. I didn't see the children jumping rope coming back. For some reason, that wasn't obvious to me until suddenly there they are doing the Freddy song and just felt perfect as a transition. Here's the weird thing, though. Last movie, they set her up as a daydreamer and that she mm-hmm. could go into dreams in waking state already. You don't need to have a baby in her dreams To do that, I mean, she already had that problem or that characteristic. The woman was barely fleshed out in the last movie. And her one defining
2: attribute, they've already chunked out. Here's how I've taken this, always. And that is that Freddy couldn't be killed. But since Alice was the portal for Freddy to get to people, Alice was the dream master who kept Freddy at bay. It goes back to that, you know, whole dream gate teacher speech from part four. Which...
1: I just want to reiterate I hate. But okay. Yes, it does.
2: So I think that what they've set up is Alice is stronger than Freddy. And so daydreaming, not daydreaming. I mean, obviously, this is a different Alice than we saw before. She I don't know if she still has all the other people's characteristics, but she's no longer the mousy suck a that you made her out to be in the last films.
1: Yeah, well, that's because she has all new friends, and uh, I'm sure she'll be <laughs> sucking the life out of them soon, too.
2: But, yes, that's why the baby, apparently, you know, by genetics, gets to inherit Alice's gateway ability for Freddy, and so that's how Freddy can then bypass Alice's gate. This is a
1: sequel uh sort of cliché as well. You know, I talked about in part two how they'll switch genders. Another one is Son of, right? Son of the Fly. They always have the next generation. <laughs> a new horror is being born. Okay. So she has a child and now it has all these things. All the hocus pocus baloney voodoo stuff that she had that got her through the last movie well now that she has a child that's the excuse that it's still happening
2: and while the first nightmare the opening nightmare was the gang rape the second nightmare is birth of Freddy. and what a disturbing birth it is you see amanda krueger getting wheeled in to give birth there's body parts all over the floor you wonder who the
0: last patient was and she gives birth to a wonderful latex puppet. (laughs) Well, wonderful. I had to watch the scene twice because I couldn't figure out how Freddy got resurrected. I couldn't figure out the altar came out of the ground, why Freddy's clothes were there. The whole thing confused me. And then at the end when it explodes and he gets thrown off the top of the altar, the, the window explodes. The whole scene went from surreal, interesting to what is this? The whole exploding church is a callback to Rennie Harlan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm being <laughs>
2: serious here though. Is They probably had some <laughs> leftover pyrotechnics like, oh, we still have some bombs. <laughs> why didn't we set these off? <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, no, but they go back to the church, which is where Freddy was defeated in part four. That's why they're back in the church. That's why Freddy's clothes are on the ground. It's he's resurrected in the same spot where he was killed last time. OK. And there's this dropped line about Amanda Krueger saying Freddy brought her back so that she could rebirth him. It's all very weird. I, I don't understand why Freddy needed his mommy to come back this time. but <laughs>
1: oh, I had a different take on this than you guys. I think you guys are overthinking it. To me, it was like Freddy can always come back. He can't be killed, so he's going to come back this way. He found another doorway to go through. It, you know, It happened to be her vagina.
2: <laughs> I agree with you, Stuart, that all the times I've seen this, I took it the same way that Freddy could always come back. It was only this time that I noticed that there's a line by Freddy's mother about how Freddy brought her back, because that is a big question mark, is why all of a sudden does this nun have dream powers? Yes, she was a ghost in part three, but now why why is she back? And so they tried to explain it, but perhaps some things are better left unexplained, because this left me with more questions than answers.
1: I didn't mind them bringing her back. I wish they had gotten a better actress. The one in part three was
2: fine, but this one, eesh. Yeah, they went for younger either because of the birthing scene, or to find an actress the same age, almost 30, as all the rest of the actors. <laughs> but it would have been far more disturbing a nightmare to see that 70-year-old woman giving birth. I would have freaked. But the
1: Amanda Kruger sort of nice. drops a line there that she says that she was never buried. We find out later she was never, even though she had a tombstone in Part 3 and her ghost went to that, her bones were not there. Her spirit is actually still in the tower. And she she gives it away early that they have to set her free, like pretty Mm -hmm. much at that moment right there before Freddy slams the door on her. She's saying the whole solution to this problem, this conundrum, is I can take care of Freddy, but you have to free me. It's kind of what they had with part three, only instead of laying Freddy's bones to rest, we have to go find this nun chick. Here's a thought I had watching it, and I know why they didn't do it, but I think it would have helped. What if instead of having Robert England fully grown and dressed and putting on the sweater and the hat and with an elongated arm?
2: I don't get what was with the elongated arms and feet. I was wondering yeah. if maybe they kept baby proportions. Like, do babies have Correct. longer arms than adults? I, I mean, I,
1: th- I thought they were trying to show fetal development there with Freddie. They should have had it just be the puppet. I know they don't pay Robert England the big bucks so that he can, you know, do voiceover work. But I think that the most of this movie should have been about the little baby Freddy monster growing into that Freddy and you save England for the last shot. I think it would have worked better. I think you would have understood it if he was
0: still developing.
2: Hey, I'd be all for that because much like you guys said about part two, Robert England isn't even in this movie very much.
0: Mm Mm-mm. Wait a minute, didn't they do that in Friday the 13th? No. They
2: did that with – the they had to eat the heart. Well, yeah, but they had like a crazy Jason fetus in that one, but this movie came yeah. first.
1: Oh, I forgot uh. about
2: crazy Jason fetus.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That's a T-shirt that would for be you. That one hell of a daycare. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we had back. no killings. And, and for a slasher <laughs> movie to, to be this far in, to barely have Freddy and no killings – I'm wondering what the hell I mean until we get to the pool party I don't even see any opportunities because we know Alice can't die and I think that's a big part of the problem with the tension of this movie is we know that our main character is in absolutely no peril particularly since she has to live in order for the baby to get Freddy to where he's going to be.
2: I'd like to point out this has the lowest body count of any Nightmare on Elm Street movie ever. Oh, you don't have to point it out. It's apparent. And even as someone
1: who doesn't particularly enjoy the kills or need a high body count, it feels
2: very anemic. So, yes, we go to the pool party. So then we finally get to a real nightmare with a death where Dan is dreaming of driving a Toyota Prius.
0: <laughs> I love that topical humor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ask, has he been driving? I feel like they short shrift the fact that he may have been drinking and driving because he falls asleep at the wheel. And I don't know why, unless he has narcolepsy, why that would be a problem (laughs) unless he had been
0: drinking. Are are they trying to imply that he had drink and, and driven? But they also say later on because he doesn't drink. They laid that in there very clearly after the hospital after he's dead. And the bottle of champagne was unopened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was- no, I know. It was- I, I, that's that's what I mean. It feels very, very weird. It feels like they were going to do something and then they decided at the last minute that that would make him unsympathetic. But I feel like the only way that this scene could have really made sense was if he had been drinking and then fell asleep at the wheel. They want to say later that the baby just pulls waking people into the state of slumberland, but That's not what they showed us.
0: They do this again with the hot tub later on is that it's amazing how these people nod off just a second and then go back, back, back up to being alert. And, we're, and that's supposed to be the clue to all of us, I guess, that they're in a dream world. Again, even, even at the table, even at the uh, dinner table with the model later on, no one falls asleep that fast. Maybe they
2: all suffer from severe sleep apnea. I think Springwood <laughs> does.
1: I've never understood this whole series. Is <laughs> Always they're slamming coffee and drugs. Like when I was a kid, I never went to bed. I would stay up till five in the morning and be very happy doing that. I, I don't understand these problems about falling asleep behind the wheel at nine o'clock at night. <laughs>
2: All right. So we get to see Freddy in the truck. Well, Um, it's not just the truck. I mean, the truck was sort of the preamble.
1: And then he winds back at the pool party and gets on a bike. That's when it gets interesting.
2: There's an unrated cut of this video, which is only available on Laserdisc and VHS. But you can see some of the scenes on YouTube. This scene was extraordinarily cut down. But I don't get why. It wasn't gory. He wasn't even really killed so much as he was transformed into a hellish. He was almost like Ghost Rider by the end with like a skull yeah. head. And he's. it's not a death.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Like he's biomechanic. Here's what they did. Early on, someone says Dan has the need for speed, which is a line totally ripped off from Top Gun. And so we have to kill him because he likes speed. The way they chose to do that is by having his truck crash and then him getting on a bike. Like he should have just gotten on a bike. That felt like it was two different things to begin with. But when he finally gets on the bike, pistons and and wires and things go into his mouth and all over his body. And he ends up driving head on into a semi.
0: Well, it reminded me of Superman 3. Yeah, I can see Mm, that.
1: I I just feel like it's either the bike or the truck. You don't do both. The makeup effects on this are, I would say, much more devoted to makeup effects than any previous nightmare is how much they spend on latex. But they're terrible.
2: They're absolutely terrible. There's one point where the motorcycle is supposed to have a Freddy face. The motorcycle is talking. It reminded me of Cherry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Yes, it did. you talk about the makeup, they again changed Freddie's makeup here a lot, and it's almost a return to that Part 2 style. He's got the hooked nose again, and kind of the round face, and it made him look older. I mean, you can't tell Robert England age is underneath all that latex anyway, but he just, it looked like old Freddie. It did, it looked
1: curmudgeonly, it looked like uh, old age makeup. They were amplifying qualities that make him look old and, and they're for no reason particularly since it's being reborn
2: I don't get it he looked younger 10 years later in Freddy vs. Jason <laughs> Freddie's jokes here aren't even jokes. He's not even making puns anymore. He's just screaming, fuel injection, power drive. These aren't, what the fuck? You're now just using buzzwords, (laughs) Freddie. There are some jokes, like he feels the need for speed and better not dream and drive. Okay, those are groaners. But why is he screaming power drive and fuel injection? I mean, I just do not get it.
0: What I did like about this dream death was right before they finished the scene, it's like he wakes up back in the truck so we actually see how he dies. So I kind of liked that they showed us how they actually died in the real world so it kind of brings it back to reality. The last thing about this and that we all of a sudden go to Alice in the Diner and then the background goes away. And she sees Dan fly down what I put down in my notes as a large intestine. <laughs> and then I learned later on what it was, which is even weirder. An umbilical cord. It's an umbilical cord because later in the movie it, it comes to fruition. But, and and that was a cool visual, how the back tore away. What's
2: funny is when we were watching that, my wife's like, what's going to happen to that coffee pot? Because Alice and the coffee <laughs> pot look different than everything else. And then it goes away. She's like, oh, the coffee pot was real. That's what's going on. <laughs>
0: It was very Ghostbusters too. But anyway, so the whole that thing comes back, that image comes back a couple of times throughout the movie. And then I thought later on it was the birth canal. That, that was that vagina? I was <laughs> <You thought> that-
2: <laughs> Yes. I, I honestly the first time I saw it before I figured out it was the umbilical cord, just figured it was the fleshy pathway to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't assume it was anything more than the shoot to hell that we have saw in the last couple ones. What, that he would end up in the torso of Freddie.
2: But Dan's dead. Thank God, because he was so boring anyway. Yeah, well,
1: Alice is now without a trip to Europe, and even worse. (laughs) Knocked up. (laughs) Knocked up. She has become a statistic. She has become the feared (laughs) single mother that society, American society, can be so harsh about, and is recovering the next from a fainting spell i guess from watching dan die and then talk to her like freddie in the hospital with yvonne
2: because yvonne being the high school swimming superstar works in the hospital
1: she's kept overnight boy that would never happen in these times
2: insurance would never cover that
1: never you would be out on a wheelchair onto the street within a matter of hours if you were even admitted she sees a young boy with googly eyes Named Jacob. Does anyone have any doubt that who he is at this point? I mean, he's he's presented as a ghostly figure. He seems to know a lot about Alice. The next day, Yvonne emphatically says that there is no child anywhere near the premises of this hospital. She knows everybody there. There's no there child. No child. Than. You are crazy, girl. There is no child in this hospital.
0: They don't treat children at this hospital. If a kid comes to that door, you turn them away.
1: I Yeah, it was so bizarre how emphatic Yvonne seemed to know that it was no child, Alice. None. You totally dreamed this. This is totally the dream of your unborn baby telling you things. <laughs> so Jacob is now introduced as a character. Not only is it a fetus inside being fed souls by Freddy,
2: but it is a walking, talking, what, seven-year-old? Yeah, and you know what, given that they're aging him, really he could have been thirty-five, you know, you could have shown him at any age, right? I mean, why they True.
0: Why not a puppet? Why <laughs> yeah, not a Freddy
2: Puppet? I agree.
1: Why not the <laughs> Freddy Puppet? Why did they why did they neglect that Freddy puppet?
2: Because it looked terrible. It looked like the head was deflating as it was on the screen. I kinda
1: like Freddy Puppet. I don't know. You guys are a little harsh on Freddy Puppet. I could have worked with that. If that were the vessel of evil. There have been horror movies, you know, from child's play, it's a lie basket case there have been horror movies about little afterbirth monsters i I could
0: have gone with it (laughs) he looked like that guy in total recall in the guy's chest quato quato Quato.
2: yeah so good to see quato getting some work i want to say there's a nice bit of continuity very rarely do we get continuity between movies but there's the scene where alice has to talk to her father and is like are you disappointed in me dad and he he says a line that i've always liked he's like It will be nice to have a little boy in the house again. It's nice to have a callback that, hey, they had a brother and Freddie killed him. Mm -hmm. That was nice.
1: You know, and I like the fact that, again, they're dealing with issues that are difficult. And and that should have they should have pushed it a little bit more. I almost feel like they had to kill Dan to make her sympathetic that otherwise it wouldn't be sympathetic if she was a pregnant teenager. Like that's just reprehensible. But if she's a widowed pregnant teenager, well, then we can feel bad for her. These things get pressured into whether is she going to abort the baby. If the baby is the one causing all the problems by dreaming, well, she makes the case that It's a part of her and Dan and she doesn't want to give up on that.
2: I'm glad that they had that conversation about the abortion because most movies would have skipped that. Even if they just threw it in as like a one minute thing to put in the movie, I was glad it was there.
1: Yeah, it was bold and, and the movie should have been bolder. I mean, I think if it's going to deal with teenage pregnancy and all the issues surrounding that, I say go with it. Go with a vengeance. Be unorthodox. Be, you
2: know, subversive. What I find funny, though, is it's Mark who's like, no baby, no baby's dreams. And Alice is like, no, no, it's my baby. And then Mark dies. Had she listened to Mark, Mark would still be here today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they just didn't want to get into that fray. You know, they're dealing with Christian imagery and they did not want to... Make that issue central to the storyline. It's hard to do a, a teenage pregnancy story and not have
2: abortion come up. And may I just say, so you mentioned the Christian thing. At one point, Mark, the comic book geek, rustles in his comic book shelf and pulls down this big leather bound Christian mythology book. Where do you find <laughs> such a big book? It's like Tobin's spirit guide for the Nightmare on Elm Street set. <laughs> He's a big convert to
1: the Freddy philosophy very early. He wants to be up on it. (laughs) Yeah, he's very quick. But first, we got to get rid of Greta.
2: Now, this is the death that was most cut, no pun intended, by the MPAA. They cut a full minute out of this because in the uncut version, it is very clear. Freddy is disemboweling Greta and feeding her her own intestines. If she
1: had anorexia or something like that, that would have played out better. And if they had really had the guts to go there... I think that's my (laughs) guts. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean that. But (laughs) really, I'm turning into Freddy, aren't I? Uh, Bad pun. Uh, If they had the, the, the daring to go with these ideas that are just flitting around in the surface, if Dan had drunken drive, if she had anorexia, if... Uh, Alice seriously considered abortion, they would have had a movie that was relatable to teens, but instead they sort of dance around it and you would just have this weird moment where her face is stuffed so full of food that it, Engorges and, and looks like the lady from the radiator and Eraserhead. head. I don't know. It was terrible makeup job. Yeah. Here. You mentioned how terrible,
2: terrible.
0: Horrible. that
1: makeup was. I didn't mind the motorcycle bike, Freddie's new look, whatever, the Freddie puppet. But this, this job here is, is awful. I thought garbage pail kids. Yeah. Right. That movie. If that you ever movie. saw that movie, exactly. They are, you're right. That is exactly what they are.
2: Also, in the uncut version, though, they have a scene. I don't know why the MPA didn't like it. I think they were like Coach Snyder and had a stick up their ass when reviewing this movie. But there's a scene with Freddy trying to burp Greta, like making Greta the baby. It went back to the theme. They mm-hmm. cut that? Yeah.
0: That's disturbing enough to cut? They
2: cut so much that really didn't need to be. They cut Freddie slicing a one of Greta's dolls, and the doll bled. And the MPA wanted that gone. Like, like I said, they really okay. had a stick up their ass this day.
1: I agree with you. It feels like this movie movie more than any other nightmare, really did get a hatchet job from the MPAA. And because horror movies were reaching the teen audience that it was, the MPAA really felt like it was their mandate to cut these movies down to almost nothing. I mean, this movie is not gory. It is not, it's, it's very weak. And you're right, they've cut so much that would even help you understand the story now that I, I feel like, not that I would ever advocate seeing this movie again, but I feel like <laughs> a restored cut is something that would be worth seeing.
2: The differences are minimal, but it does make Greta's death specifically more part of the story. It felt very, for one of our listeners, perfunctory. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why they didn't put the unrated cut on the DVD. It's just the theatrical cut.
1: I think with this one, the thought was, eh, it's only Nightmare 5. No one has ever... Call this one of their favorites. Regardless, we get Robert England doing another one of his bitch lines, Bon Appetit, bitch. I gotta say, it started to feel a little played out at this moment. When he says Bon Appetit, bitch, I thought, you need a new catchphrase. It would be like me saying, That's hot now. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's the moment's past. Faux shizzle. <laughs>
2: And as Brock said, we cut back and get to see her die for real. Something else has always bothered me. Why are her arms out at like 90 degree angles when she's choking? Don't people usually like make the motion towards their throat? They're clawing at their throat. They're trying to breathe. She has her arms out. She looks kind of like a scarecrow. Yeah, the universal
1: sign for choking people, just in case you're watching and don't know what to do when you choke. Yeah, don't flap your arms like you're going to fly away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we go back to Alice in the Kitchen and we get another, what I consider a Pee Wee Herman special effect of mold taking over the refrigerator. Just this obvious claymation. What? Did they have no budget on this movie because this effects suck? They did have a budget
1: on this movie, and I felt like a lot of it went to the latex work, as poor as it was. But, all right, more centrally, you mentioned Beetlejuice earlier, and they stole a Top Gun line. Hello, Ghostbusters. Zool came out of the refrigerator in Sigourney Weaver's apartment in Ghostbusters, and now they're doing the same damn thing. This movie is lacking originality and all of its dream imagery. That is my biggest beef with it. Is that everything here I have seen before, not that it's been done poorly, which it has, not that I'm not scared, which I never am. It's that it's not fresh anymore. It feels incredibly stale. They'll use a food metaphor. <laughs> Yes.
2: You really are becoming Freddy, stewart
1: I could have done a better job than he did in this movie, that's for sure.
2: Well, speaking of unoriginal, we then get to our first aha moment. Get it. Yes.
1: Which is a badass video. You gotta admit, that's one of the still one of the coolest videos ever. Absolutely. Top
0: ten. Absolutely. Yeah. Take
1: on me. Video of which merged animation with live action and now they're gonna do it with a comic book guy.
0: Yeah. It was kind of a cool effect. I still enjoy it. I was hoping for a full animated sequence, actually. There you go. I was hoping
1: for more out of it, if they're going to do it.
0: That
2: would have been really, you know, trippy. That would have been so cool to be, like, in that scene with natural-born killers, where it just cuts to animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is one of many fake-outs this movie does, because in the past couple nightmare films, people don't get multiple nightmares. You know, in the first movie, Freddy would take a couple of dreams to get you, but in part four, the first time you saw Freddy, you were dead so they fake you out because i mean we all think mark's dead right he's walking right into yeah. the Freddy mm-hmm. house. he's gone yeah. Yeah. and they do that later on too with yvonne kind of a good fake out because the audience is expecting something but mark is in the animation alice draws herself in kind of gets crossed over doesn't it with alice's first sonogram yes, yes. Because it's in this dream with Mark that she's Freddie goes soul food for my boy. He loved that soul food joke from the last movie. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, he's doing something to Jacob.
0: And then talk about 80s movies during the sonogram. She gets all Tron. Into the sonogram machine.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the movie's replete with with thefts and steals. I gotta say, though, uh, there is something evocative and icky about the birth canal scene. When we actually look upon the fetus and see the souls
2: shooting into it. It has a power. It just looked like another puppet to me. It really did. It just looked like a giant fetus puppet.
0: Because it looked like a gummy bear to me.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street has never had authentic, realistic-looking effects. Part of its charm is that you do see the wires and scotch tape on things. I don't mind when I see the puppet. It is a puppet kind of horror movie. I disagree. I think
2: that it bit off more than it could chew.
0: There's a a fine line between good and bad here, and, and they go more towards the bad than the good because the special effects here really look antiquated. In 1989 they they could have done things a little better. They had the ability. Here in this movie and a little bit in the last one, it's so cheesy in the way it's presented that it does take you out. Yeah. You see
2: what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's there's cases where that's what it is and that's the best they could do. And I think that later on when we see Alice and Freddy merge, that's just the state of latex effects at the time. But there's exactly. other cases where they just could have done better and either they cheaped out or the, they just tried to do too much and tried to take on too much. But when the entire movie's effects are reminding me of the Ray Harryhausen puppet from part three... I mean, that is not a good thing. And that's what all this claymation stop motion was reminding me of. They do it.
1: I think I've always liked it when they do puppets. I like the Freddy snake from part three as well. And you guys had issues with that. So didn't mind the baby with the umbilical cord of souls, but that baby is getting malnourished. It is not getting what it needs. Because there is no death <laughs> happening. There's nothing happening. It needs souls, and so do I. <laughs> Please get rid of Mark and Yvonne. They obviously have to go down the tube now, because otherwise, what are they going to do for another 30 minutes?
2: Instead of having a death, they have the custody conversation. Yes. This is so out of place in this movie. Well, it, it's more much more in the tradition
1: of what I was talking about with the women's horror movies. And it's a feminist statement, and and. That her doctor, even worst gynecologist in the world, broke a lot of HIPAA laws. Yeah, calling them to say, Well, I think this girl is paranoid and delusional. Well, you're not paranoid and delusional if people really aren't out to get you and your unborn child. I think that <laughs> she has a right to be paranoid. They are conspiring against her. Yeah, it doesn't work for this setup.
2: I just. Couldn't help but think this is what they're submitting as part of their Oscar reel. <laughs> yeah, they're really going for the drama here. The yeah, You're not going to take my baby. I'm like, really? You guys had some highfalutin hopes here.
0: I thought the scene played very well and all the actors in it, I felt it was one of the better scenes in the movie. That being said... It didn't really belong in this movie.
1: I mean, I think why you're responding to this is one of the better scenes in the movie. It's one of the few times where there's actually stakes involved. Most of the time, uh, there's no there's no tension. There's no stakes. We know Alice can't die. We know her friends are going to. We know how this is all going to be corrected because the nun told us in the first damn scene that all you have to do is liberate her body. And they're not even exploring that. I'm like, hello, why don't you go back to the nun? It's a movie with very little to offer in the way of thrills and entertainment and joy. I feel like Alice could have had one more friend here. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it have been helpful just to have one more death in here? I don't know. But it could have been someone that would have just given us a little bit more oomph to the scenes because uh, oddly enough i'm rooting for mark and yvonne to die just to give me something to watch
2: and we get again the fake out yvonne dream here because mark is watching alice as alice tries to get to that damn tower and so yvonne has a stop-motion claymation swimming board attacker
1: <laughs> i th- you know what i remember the scene differently i remembered it from the first time i saw it But I remember, I truly remembered her dying here. I remember her falling off and dying, but she doesn't die. She's held captive in the Freddy verse to distract Alice, right? Like that's what we're eventually told that Alice is going to go get the nun. And so, to distract her, he holds Yvonne hostage. I mean, that doesn't seem like Freddy's and Mo at all.
2: I think he was going to kill Yvonne if he could, but the whole big thing was to attack Yvonne to distract her so that she would come to Yvonne's rescue.
0: Right, Wait. and then he would kill Mark in the meantime because Mark's watching her sleeping. Yeah, yeah, it's poorly conceived. Yeah, you're right. To say yeah, the oh, least. oh, oh, yeah. No pun intended for this movie, but yes, it's completely ill advised. Conceived. I just got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's all over the place with these unintentional puns today. So we get the superhero fight between Mark and Freddy. And I, I knew this was coming, but it was kind of fun to have him fight back and use a dream power. Yeah, he was like, what's his
2: face? The dream master, the wizard master from a couple movies ago.
0: Exactly. What a great idea. And you know how I love these great ideas. And sometimes they just don't pan out as well as they like. I could have taken a few more minutes of this scene. And again, they give me the short shrift. Yeah, It it was nice
1: to have a callback to Part 3. Again, as much as of what you can recapture from Part 3, you're doing well as far as I'm concerned. But the Phantom Prowler isn't a particularly interesting superhero to fight Freddy. I'm not even sure really what he does.
2: He has guns and uses profanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freddy counters with Super Freddy. Now, before we get to Super Freddy, though... (laughs) A couple of things here. First of all, I was a big comic book fan in the 80s, but, you know, you see Mark reading Spider-Man and all of those. Why black and white for the comic books? Black and white comic books were the irregularity, not the norm back then. And also, it bothered me that in trying to make him color and everything around him black and white, they just painted the entire set white. It's quite obviously not. So. I
1: like the aesthetic, though I I can't complain. I understand what you're saying about it wasn't in vogue in comics to do it all in black and white at the time. That may be, and maybe it would have worked just as well if you had had comic booky colors surroundings. But I at least applaud that they tried to do a visual trick here with making him inside a comic world.
0: It's a newspaper comic as opposed to a comic book. There you go
1: that's what it made me think of
2: newsprint. What bothered me is quite obviously they used a black and white filter or black and white film when filming Freddy because everything looked different when you're looking at Mark it's obviously color you know you see the different shades of yellows in the lighting you know they've got that now CGI effect which is used in car ads all the time where everything's black and white but the car is red or something you know what I'm talking about you <laughs> Well, they
1: did this in the 80s. I remember when, (laughs) this is a bizarre reference. Do you remember Cherry 7-Up? Yes. And yeah, (laughs) when Cherry 7-Up came out, all their commercials were in black and white except the Cherry 7-Up, which was pink. And what they would do is colorization. It's what they did to old movies, too. They would have somebody go back and literally draw color onto the black and white area. If they had had time, I bet you they would have filmed it this way. See, that's what they
2: should have done. I would have respected that if they'd colorized mark, but instead of doing that, they just paint the whole set white and make us, you know, like they're trying to fake us out and make us think we're seeing color in black and white. It never comes off that way. It just, it was a failed artistic douchebaggery.
0: I think they deserve a little more credit on this one because they're trying to do something different. This is a nightmare on Elm Street movie. They can do anything they want in a nightmare world. And finally, finally, they're actually using or trying to use a visual medium to demonstrate something very clever. This is my favorite death in the entire movie because they went for it. Did it work? Is it a home run? Absolutely not. But for me, they tried, and it was fun, and it was nice to have something clever in this big mess of a movie. Brock, I'm with you. You have
1: solidarity. I'm with you. I don't really think it's a great scene but I'm with it. It's my
2: favorite moment in the movie. Hold on. You guys, your favorite moment in the movie is Freddie riding a skateboard. I mean, you understand what you're saying here. No, Arnie, (laughs) Arnie.
1: My favorite moment is that they're trying to give one of the supporting characters some chutzpah and, and fight back and letting him in his own milieu Take on Freddy. That's what I'm yes. saying. That's all I'm okay. saying.
2: Okay, well. And, I'm and not the, and saying the they executed it. it well. <laughs>
1: exactly. I'm saying uh, we are finally in a moment where someone fights back, and I'm happy about that. And, and then Freddy counters with a goddamn Super Freddy. And can I just say, this may be Freddy's worst joke ever. Like, ever.
2: More powerful than a loco madman? Lame as Hell,
1: was it even Robert England, or did they just get some buff guy? They got a Robert, buff guy. Yeah, it, that's what it looked like to me. I'm like, that's not Robert England. These jokes are terrible. And why didn't he have
0: a cape on? I don't know. it be kind of nice if he had a cape on for that part.
2: He didn't have a cape. I kind of thought he had a cape. I, I think he might have had a
0: cape. We didn't did really he? get a good look. I think whatever they could do to minimize
1: us ever thinking or looking at Super <laughs> Freddy is okay yeah. with me. I don't want the, uh, who's the guy that does all those doll replicas or whatever? Yeah, McFarland.
2: Out of all the Freddies they've made, and they made a lot of Freddies, they did not make Super Freddy.
1: <laughs> Case closed. See, I knew it. I knew it. They don't want to go near this. The worst incarnation of Freddy ever, ever.
2: You want to know how big a stick the MPAA had up its ass? They've made them cut scenes of Robert Englund shredding the paper mark.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> he
2: couldn't tear paper for yeah. an R rating. Right, that's too violent. And I did kind I of liked like this. that. I like it a lot. scares
1: him, the color drains out of a paper mark, and he, and he's shredded. And
2: I do like that. That is a nice animation effect. And, you know, that is what the rest of the movie should have had, is effects like that.
1: I agree. It was a callback to part three. It was as clever as anything in part three. And it would have been fun if they had that sophistication with the rest of the movie. They don't. How did he die in real life? It was very weird. He lived in a
2: warehouse. Yeah. And it collapsed on him because it wasn't up to code. And he like because remember at the beginning of the dream, Freddy is like makes things fall on him. Yeah. The, it's like the bunk bed collapsed on him. Or OK. Were, All right. There was a cave in at the Lowe's.
1: And that, they said that. But then they're standing outside the warehouse. I'm like, it is still standing. I was confused. But all right. So some small portion of the warehouse fell in on him when Freddy shredded him.
2: So then finally Yvonne does something useful and goes to the tower while Alice enters the dream for another showdown. I don't know why these people always choose to have a dream showdown when they have no power in the dream. Right.
1: She would have been much more helpful to just stay awake, play some baby Einstein and keep the baby distracted
2: and awake (laughs) and let Yvonne (laughs) do
0: her thing. But they have a really cool imagery that this is the Escher painting stuff. Yes, the MC Escher scene. It was just great. I loved I thought visually it was a really great idea to try that again with the dream world stuff. It was an interesting idea to bring this into the movie.
2: I loved it very cool imagery that just it really worked for me
1: hello this is not taken from MC Escher it's taken from Labyrinth two years <laughs> prior the Labyrinth already beat them to the punch and did it much much better yeah it was great in Labyrinth but this movie does nothing but steal from Ghost Brothers and Beetlejuice and Labyrinth and any other 80s special effects movie I was pissed I was like there was no imagination to this movie the one bit of imagination was with Mark and the comic book moment and that was Totally undercut by Super Freddy. And here we get a rehash of Labyrinth with the mom chasing her child around. I mean, it's the same thing. It is exactly the same thing. And then I get really confused. Yvonne frees Amanda Krueger simply by walking into a tower and tapping her shoulder. She goes, thank you. And that was it. She doesn't have to bury her. There's no hollowed ground conceit. (laughs) She just, that's it. Easiest Freddy defeat ever, right? And she appears in the dream now and tells Jacob he has the power to stop Freddy, that Alice does not.
2: Yes. Yep. Because Jacob uses the three souls Freddie fed him, he regurgitates them in projectile vomit at Freddie, and then they
0: drag Freddie to Amanda and turn Freddie back into a puppet. It has to be noted that he puts the makeup on the kid. They put the Freddie makeup on the kid. Why? Kid's face. That
1: was what threw me off. It's like like he almost acts like he's ready to become a killer. Like he's going to take up the family business of being a child murderer. He's a fetus. He can't even, like, walk or breathe or identify a color or a shape, but somehow he's ready to kill
2: and, and gets burn maker. He's faking it out for Freddy because Amanda says, you have to save your mother, and so he pretends he is ready to kill with Freddy so that Freddy won't kill his mom. Okay, so, so that's him willing burn scars on his face. Yeah, to make yes. Freddy relate to him more. Now, of course, here's the thing. He does this, presumably, so Freddy doesn't kill Alice, but Freddy still can't kill alice because jacob is still just a couple of merged cells in her tummy right so it was like freddy was finally ready to kill alice but that would also kill jacob right i'm, I'm not mistaken right. here right nope yeah. even yeah. though they did right. say the fetus was abnormally large for its age so are we to think that the more souls freddy fed it it was gonna like burst its way out anyway like a like an alien I didn't get that impression. That would
1: impression. have been fun. That could but have been look- a, a, they could have done that for an alternate ending. You know, I <laughs> yes. bet you they even considered <laughs> it. You know, how like, oh,
2: everything's fine. Bam. You know, he <laughs> comes out been- with a Freddy baby. Yeah. First, yeah. stomach. I would, I would have loved that. That would have been the greatest cliffhanger ending ever. The thing is,
1: they weren't making that movie. That jokey, funny, Freddy feel that we had in three and four is diametrically opposed to the women's gynecological horror nightmare that they're they're doing in this one. And and they would rather end it with, yeah, Alice in harmony at a picnic with the jump rope girls than uh, with a bloody joke.
2: I do say, though, the Freddy emerging from Alice was done much better in Part 5 than Freddy emerging from Jesse in Part 2.
1: Okay,
0: yeah. Okay, I like the Jesse one better. It was more fun to watch. This one, all right, it, it, it didn't work for me as much. I thought the... If you say it's done better visually, I, I guess your opinion, but I thought the why and the need for it here was less.
2: Oh, yeah, there was no need for it, but it was a good visual. I mean, it's, it's mostly it was a good visual. There was the obvious animated Freddy leg and animated spiders i i mean they really I, I thought i was watching cool world for a couple of minutes but other than that it was pretty well done
0: i thought this one looked really bad actually i didn't it took me completely out of it it's interesting that you give some some things you you will give you'll give them this one but you won't give them the other stuff that's that's interesting to me
2: this one looked better than the other stuff it wasn't claymation it wasn't it was
0: true it wasn't claymation
2: <laughs> you know seriously i just i don't want to see mr bill in my nightmare on elm street <laughs> And then so Freddy turns back into a baby when the souls of Greta and Mark and Dan hit him. And Amanda reabsorbs him into the womb and Alice reabsorbs Jacob into the womb.
0: I love the visual of Freddy trying to claw his way out of the nun. Yeah, that is good. And I love the closing
2: exploding doors. That really worked for me. It always has. That has been one of my favorite points of this whole movie since I first saw it in theaters is the ending. First of all, they don't bother killing Freddy because, you know, he's coming back in the next movie anyway. So why have the happy Freddy's dead ending that we've had in the past four movies here? He's it's very like Greek. He is in constant battle with his mother, right? It's it, his mother now keeps him at bay instead of Alice. You
1: know, the movie ends with Kulmod's cool Let's Go. That's yeah. my
2: attitude too. Let's go. Yeah, I wanna know why it ends with a song that Kumodi cool wrote about LL Cool J.
1: Oh, is that who he's talking because he uh, at one point he says you rap like a girl and yeah, I was
2: just like Kumodi cool and LL Cool J have this huge beef. And the response to this let's go was Mama Said Knock You Out, which is about Kumo D. There's a whole series of songs between these two full of animosity towards each other. But yes, this whole thing is about uh, LL Cool J.
0: I didn't know that.
1: No, I, I didn't know that either. But I'm like, talk about not getting the message. You sound like a girl. The whole movie is about <laughs> women's issues. I, I I, think it was not only is it not a particularly good song, it's very incongruous with what they've done. They've, we never had a rap song close it out.
2: Well, yeah, the fat boys were in the end credits of four. Were they? Yeah, it was after Sinéad.
0: Oh, oh, I didn't. Oh, I I okay. stick around I that long. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I actually listened to the entire Kumo D song. Where was
1: Iron Maiden? Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. That was the big theme from this one. I didn't even hear it in the movie.
0: Bring Your Daughter
2: to the Slaughter. This is a funny one because Stuart and I talked about this back in 1990. It won the Raspberry for worst movie song. It was done by Bruce Dickinson, who is from Iron Maiden, and it won a Raspberry. Iron Maiden remade the song, and it is their only number one UK single now. So it's actually a hit song in the Iron Maiden version that won a raspberry for this movie. Is it in the movie? It is very briefly in the background, I think during the pool party. There's a lot of music that you can hear for like two seconds. Mm. The soundtrack was like the A side, because this was back when there were records, folks. or or cassettes the a side was all like hair metal with that bruce dickinson wasp was on it and it even had a samantha fox song (laughs) and the other side was cool modi and the video for part five unfortunately freddie does not return to rap but it's houdini oh and it has them like doing dance moves in the freddie house
1: oh that's kind of cool i like houdini but i didn't hear them either
2: yeah, that was the main video for them, and yet it wasn't in the end credits, it wasn't hardly in the movie, but if you watch the special features, there's this great Houdini video of Houdini doing this, like, jump dance down the church stairs, and they're all over the set.
1: So I'm hoping you're going to give us a better song than we got
2: in this movie, Aren't you? I hope so, too. I'm not. I'm actually going to give you probably a worse song than... I like Cool Modi's Let's Go, but I'm an 80s rap fan. But before we get to that, Brock, if you will.
0: Oh, sure. Stuart, Arnie, do you recommend A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child? Stuart. No. Uh...
1: Nightmare on Elm Street 5 was the last one that I saw in my watching of horror movies. Shortly after this, I got out of horror movies. I didn't go back for six until you and I, Arnie, did a marathon. It feels like the end to me. It feels like the last sad chapter of a series to me. And it ends on a really sour note. I have no positive feelings about much of the movie other than intent the road to hell being paved with good intentions, I think that they were trying to steer this towards the more of the horror movie style that I like. They did not have the talent or the ability or the budget to pull it off. And I think I would be very surprised to know if there were any true Freddy fans that thought this was one of the best. Maybe our
2: listeners can tell us. Yeah, I hope so. Arnie. I'm going to completely steal what Stuart does many times and use a metaphor for a scene in this movie for how I feel about this movie. The movie opens with the scene of Alice in the shower and she's behind that glass and it robs us of this movie's, as Stuart would say, titty scene because of the distorted glass. I think this whole movie is kind of like that scene, in that what we want to see is somewhere there, but they put this block up that kind of makes it distorted, and it's not what we want in the end. What we want is somewhat buried in there, but it just, like Stuart said, it has good intentions, but it just didn't deliver what it was we wanted. This movie teases you with what you want, but it's all distorted and really not what you wanted
0: in the end.
1: You wanted bareback, Freddie. You didn't want him to use contraception. Is that what you're saying?
0: (laughs) Oh, my.
2: That is not what I'm saying. (laughs) I was talking about tits in a shower, not anal intercourse. But (laughs) but I'm saying you're saying that
1: he had to put on the rubber, that things are. Yes, there was a lot of rubber
2: latex in this movie.
1: Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) He had to put on the rubber, and you wanted him to just. You know, all natural. You want it wow. all of Freddy. Yes. Okay. I, I hear you, <laughs> and I agree. It would be, it would have been nice to see Freddy uh, own this movie in a way that he does not.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I pulled up Box Office Mojo, and each Nightmare on Elm Street movie grossed more than the predecessor until this one. This one made less than half of what Part 4 did, so fans ran shrieking from it. It killed my interest. <laughs> We understand that this is why it then takes two years to get Freddy's Dead and why the, I think they really felt Freddy's Dead was going to be the end. I mean, this movie was the most expensive made thus far and it only grossed 22 million, whereas Dream Master did 50 million. So you know, I really think that when we get to Freddy's Dead, they think that that's the last one because people were done with Freddy. But the reason people were done with Freddy is this movie's no good. This movie has unrelatable characters and unrelatable scenarios, and it takes out what you want. When you go to see a Nightmare on Elm Street film, you think you know what you're getting. This isn't what you think you're getting. It kind of breaks the covenant that it has with the viewer by doing what it does. And it ends up feeling like the bastard child of an Nightmare on Elm Street more so than two more so than two to me and in the end I can enjoy watching two you know I can watch two and have fun with it watching this movie for this review was a chore it really was and so no I, I this is the first one in the entire series that I got to give a don't recommend to
0: and I am not going to recommend this movie either and I weakly recommended one in four but the reason I did recommend them at the end of it was because you can't sit there and and have somewhat an enjoyable time watching. And my my benchmark for these movies is, did I have a good time watching it? Was I entertained by it? And so I have complaints about them, sure. But the bottom line here is, I did not enjoy watching this movie. Good ideas laced with good intentions, as we said in the first movie. Some good ideas, but poor execution. And I cannot recommend this movie. This is the first one I'm not recommending either, not even, I can't even give it a weak recommendation. I say, do not watch this movie. It was just no fun for me to watch. And it's unfortunate because they could have done some interesting things here and it just didn't pan out.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, there are some good things in this movie, but yeah. it just isn't enjoyable to watch. You're completely right, Brock. Yeah. So Arnie, bring on the song. Please. All right. This one is, again, another cover track. Oh, good. And... Stuart, when we were listening to In the Midnight Hour, you wondered what other dream puns Freddie could tack on. Here sure. is Freddie crooning at the end All I have to do is dream. Oh, oh boy. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> you guys sound so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. How is let's he going to
0: butcher it. this one? All right, let's hear it. Really? Wow, it's like Tiffany.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that drum that da, 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 da. You're right, it is like Tiffany. I am doing those <laughs> Tiffany Ma <mall> moves.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. He didn't me? know the mic was still on. <laughs> yeah. Oh I can't find my keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well Tiffany. Her claim to fame was a 50s song that she remade in this style as well. I think we're alone now. That was, you're right. This is what it's really bringing me I, back to.
0: I'm telling you, man, I nailed it. And I didn't even hear yeah. the song the first time I ever she heard this song. She probably heard
1: this and got <laughs> jealous. She's like, oh, damn it. This was going to be on my new <laughs> album. And now Freddie took it.
0: <laughs>
1: again, I'm not a fan of the arrangement here. Yeah, they've sped it up. They've given it to the women
0: again. That drum track is making me laugh. I gotta tell you though, I'm hearing the girls sing the song, and I'm like, I like this song. I don't like. You know it. what? If you like that kind of sunny pop, Debbie Gibson yeah. stuff, it's yeah, it's not well, the well, worst. I'm not saying. Thing it. People don't misunderstand me, I like the original song. I like the yeah. I like the. I want, to, I want to hear the original right now while I'm listening to this. I don't want to yeah. hear this rendition of it. That's what I'm saying.
1: I think it's interesting. They're always going to 50 songs. Is it because they can buy them cheap, or it's because there's something about the 80s and the 50s? This whole thing is cheap. Yeah, these people at this point are, are so broke that they're could. Were willing to sell a child murderer their tune. I think this would be the video one. Like, if they were to release a single from the uh, album that we're listening, this might be the one. It's got the pop hit to it. It's, I think he has a top 10, if not a number
2: one single here. Now, you gotta really listen to the end of the song here because we finally get Freddie doing what you want, Stuart. Freddie will sing the chorus. chorus. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he doesn't sing more.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! Oh my! Uh, is vocal cords wow! Important. Aren't there knobs they can turn in
2: the mixing board to make that better? <laughs> This was before auto-tune was invented. That'd yeah, awesome. really? Now, these yeah. days, Freddie could be on We Are the World, but mm. back then.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ready>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was short, though. Short yeah, at sweet. least. Yeah, at least they put it down quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, in the history of what we're now five songs in, I would say this was one of the better ones, or at least one of the more amusing ones. Well, the uh, thing
0: is, it, they didn't change the song all that much. It was pretty right. much the same song with the drum beat underneath it and yeah. some guy in the background. It's like you're listening to the radio and the DJ won't shut up. You know, it's the same thing.
1: Five songs in, I'm surprised they're so sunny. Like, if I were given the unenviable task of cutting a Nightmare on Elm Street spinoff album... Wouldn't you seek songs that had a creepy vibe, you know, something like Thriller, something that referenced a little bit of horror? Like, th- these are really some sunny, silly ditties. It's Ditty's way too upbeat. Record. It's That's way pretty. too upbeat for uh, a burned child murderer. Yes. I agree.
2: You know, child murderers should not be allowed to sing, did No.
0: <laughs> So if you enjoyed our podcast, I want to thank you for joining us. And please leave a message for us on iTunes or our Facebook page or maybe follow us on Twitter.
2: And if you didn't enjoy the podcast, we
0: don't thank you for joining us. That's exactly right. And don't leave anything for us. And <laughs> not let and- the door hit you.
1: It hits. <laughs>
0: You can find other episodes in this retrospective series on our homepage at www.nowplayingpodcast.com in the archive section. There you can also find a link to our forums where you can discuss this and other episodes in our all of our series with other listeners like yourself if you're so inclined. So, Stuart and Arnie, thanks for joining me today. Thanks. Thank you. And we will join you next time where we discuss Freddy's Dead.
1: Freddy's Dead. Dead. Freddy's the dead. Final
0: Nightmare. So until next time, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. What a nightmare. Who are those guys?
2: It's over. I gotta go
0: down. It's okay. It's all over. Now no one sleeps. Thank you for listening to our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. But there's so much more to learn. Keep coming to NowPlayingPodcast.com every week to get the latest episode.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Great to be back in business. And while at NowPlayingPodcast.com, stop by our forums to post your thoughts on this series. You can also find us on Twitter as NowPlayingPod or our NowPlayingPodcast fan page on Facebook. Links to the forums, Facebook, and Twitter pages can be found at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Next time, don't don't stay away so long. A Nightmare on Elm Street is copyright and trademarked, New Line Cinema, and Warner Brothers Entertainment. You think you've got what it takes? (laughs) Now Playing is not affiliated with New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers Entertainment, or Platinum Dunes. ETERNAL Now playing is a Vinganza Media Production Copyright 2010 All rights reserved
2: Pregnating their dreams. <laughs> nice turn of phrase,
0: man. You,
1: uh, you lost me at zygote. I'm already like a what? I'm like
0: appropriate use of the word, but wow.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not, not fetus, too clinical for where this movie goes, but you know. <laughs> How many times have we said Zeitgeist on all these podcasts? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Way to work it in, man. Yeah, instead of having Muppet babies, you have horror babies. You have <laughs> little baby Freddy and little baby Jason, and little baby Michael Myers. I definitely Walt would have watched Chuck it as a child. child. I would have loved it. Horror Fantastic.
2: babies will kill our <laughs> babysitter too.
0: And nanny socks will be the color of Freddy's sweater with the stripes. Anyway, maybe you guys don't know this movie. It reminded me of Superman 3.
1: Yeah, mm. I can see that. Oh, we know about that. That <laughs> <laughs> Arnie used to be petrified of the computer lady. You're talking about that the end, which gets zapped. Yeah,
0: when the lady I gets all like
1: Arnie for hours. I had to talk him down from the trees for hours after Superman three. I used to because... be
2: afraid to go turn on my pool cleaner because there were a bunch of pipes and wires by there and I was all alone surrounded by brush and I was afraid the pool equipment was gonna turn me into the robot lady.
0: <laughs> now, I, I'll call cop that Superman 3 isn't the greatest Superman movie, but to give you nightmares and scare you, that's in, I never literally
2: that had nightmares about Superman 3. Yeah. Legitimate, <laughs> well, like, can. woke up in a
0: pool of sweat. Okay, then. <laughs>